Hello everybody, thank you for coming back. Uh, this week we have Garth Patterson with us from Belfast Coffee Maps. Um, we get into his love of coffee, the map itself, him as GP, uh, him and his mum going to Zumba classes, or not maybe, and a really unexpected left field Netflix recommendation at the very end. So we hope you enjoy and uh, here's our latest episode with Garth. Um, so give us the lowdown on you maybe first of all tell us like what the whole crack is just background and um, yeah we're talking about coffees but like where that all comes from and yeah just yeah. yourself <laughs> Let's cool. go from there. well I was born on the 20th of April 1989 and no I'm Jesse. Jesse. Um, so yeah, so in terms of my, my coffee story, Amy, then, um, well, I probably like, like you guys, um, I guess as a specialty coffee scene in Belfast was birthed and started to grow, uh, I suppose going back as far as sort of five, six years ago when it grew, really grew, yeah, started to gain a bit of traction. Um, I would have started to frequent a lot of the coffee shops in town and just grew interested in the culture of the coffee, obviously the coffee itself. Um, and all the different facets that come along with the specialty coffee scene, like the great food, uh, the atmosphere, the kind of people involved in that scene, all of which is quite nuanced, I suppose, to Belfast and Northern Ireland. Um, and I really just, something about it just really struck me. Um, I guess pr- probably part of that actually was the, the real passion that you find within the specialty coffee scene, uh, which maybe we hadn't seen prior to that in our kind of second wave coffee shops within Belfast. Um, so yeah, definitely there was like a pre-existing interest in coffee before the coffee map thing started. Um, and my, my interest was in coffee as opposed to maps, so it wasn't that I was some sort of map fiend <laughs> with a house full of maps. Um, so it was definitely coffee was the underpinning interest. And then I was on a holiday to Barcelona in, I think it was summer 17, and came across the Barcelona coffee map, um, which is now, I don't think it exists anymore, uh, but have been running for a couple of years and was brought back made or, or brought together by a collective of coffee shops within the city and um, I was away on holiday with a couple of mates and picked up the map and our five or six day holiday whatever it was ended up in turned into like a coffee crawl and we just explored all the different coffee shops in Barcelona some of which were absolutely stunning uh, that was probably for my first exposure actually to kind of international coffee scene whilst traveling um, and then returned back from that trip and sort of over the next few months thought about oh, what would it look like maybe to have a resource like that in Belfast, given that our coffee seems really burgeoning and growing, um, and started to put the feelers out and garner some interest or, or hope to garner some interest as I did that. And so January of 2018 then sort of really it grew some legs and I started in the sort of the planning process of the, the first Belfast coffee map. Amazing. And is it it's solely in Belfast at the minute? Are you starting to branch out to like, you know, Amy's lower coffee morning in Analong? Do you know, is there any chance of me getting a wee flag on there? Well, <laughs> considering you're on instant coffee break? right now, Amy, I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to deliver it all that box of coffee you were talking about. Um so we That's have uh, so Presently, we have um, our second version of the Belfast Coffee Map. So the first Belfast Coffee Map launched in uh, May. I'm going to have to make sure I get my dates right. Yeah, May 18. No, May, sorry, May no, 7th. Yeah, it was May 17th. Yeah. It's that long ago. Yeah, so it was May 17th. 
Um, and then in May 18, we launched the second Belfast and the first Causeway Coast coffee map, um, which is, has just turned uh, as of two years ago. So we're two years in the rolling off for Causeway and our second Belfast coffee map. But within both of those maps, we have an out and about section uh, where we give a little bit of attention to the specialty coffee shops outside of Belfast and the Causeway Coast, which obviously we believe is very important to do. So albeit we don't have a analog coffee map just yet, <laughs> what do you ask? Uh, I, I know it's like we're so outdated. Um, we have uh, we have recognised that there is a really successful and flourishing coffee scene outside of Belfast and our very popular Causeway Coast, and we try to bring a bit of attention to that. And you yeah. say we like who is all involved in your process, and how does it all kind of come about to get onto the map? Um. So. When it first started, it was me, just myself alone for the first year uh, and a bit. And then my cousin, Emma, came on board and she is tech trained in her background. So she was very helpful in terms of website and internet content and all that kind of stuff. She then stepped back um, and as of the last uh, about six months, I've had a couple um, come on board, Danny and Emily, um, who have been involved in a lot of the social media side of things and we were we prior to this whole pandemic lockdown scenario and we had got into a little bit of storytelling around some of the coffee um industry in northern ireland and um, so at the minute it's the team of three of us um at present brilliant so you were saying so you, you have emma and uh, the other guys and they're pretty tech sappy but and you obviously have a social media following but the map's not it's not an app, it's a physical, actually lift the paper and look at it map. Why, why did you decide to not go digital? Uh, good question, Ryan. Um, I think from the outset, my passion was to create something that was a little bit more tactile, um, more hands-on. I think we, most of us would agree we live in a bit of an over-digitalized society. Um, and I think sometimes that albeit there are very much positives to how technology has developed uh, it also has a bit of a downside uh, as well and um, so for now we've felt that uh, a paper resource there's just something maybe slightly it might be seen as maybe an even slightly alternative a bit of a nod to how things were done maybe in the past a little bit more tactile hands-on um, and yet yeah, we've decided to kind of keep it that way thus far and um, although i definitely perceive um, how beneficial a digital form could be and probably that bit more accessible as well if i'm honest i suppose it's about trying to create a platform that is probably um so i think our paper maps are quite a high quality so we've ensured we've used quality paper we've used local quality printers and um, all the texts etc so every every facet of the paper map a lot of time and effort has gone into ensure that first of all it's all local um, and that it's of the quality that reflects the quality of the coffee shops that we represent um, or that we're representing um, and so I suppose we want any digital version of that to, to equate um, but in order to achieve a very high quality digital platform it does cost quite a lot of money so probably finance, there's a financial constraint there and I think if we're going to ever do anything digital we want to be sure that the platform that we offer is something that first of all actually there's something that is very unique about it so that we have a USP with regard to a digital platform that people really want to engage with and also that it's as high a quality in its digital version as it is in the paper version if that answers your okay. question yeah absolutely and it, it shows pretty pretty easily that there's a lot of time and effort goes into it it's not just 
it's not just you know a cut and paste of Google Map stuck on a few <laughs> pins. Like it, it looks like yeah. it, it took an awful lot of time, and it took graphic designers. I'm sure it took them ages to put it all together with the little animations and little graphics that go along with it. And I think that that's what makes it a wee bit special. Yeah, so um, we worked alongside Ospook, which is um, a very successful design and illustration company in Belfast, it's a Belfast-based company, um, and they, um, they've been, we've partnered with them or had partnered with them from the outset of this, um, and we were able to work with one of their incredible illustrators um, who just really brought the whole thing to life. So yeah, absolutely, Ryan, I think from, from the outset, the, the aesthetic side of it was really important just to really get it right and ensure that again as i said about with regard to going digital that that the the look of the map really fitted in with the aesthetic of what the coffee shops were all about as well and um, but yeah we're really pleased with the with the with the how it looks and how it's come together yeah it should be for sure and um, you were saying you were saying a while ago um about or you were saying a minute ago about the the sort of takeoff of Northern Ireland coffee, Belfast especially, five or six years ago. Where did that come from? Why did it happen? It sort of seemed um, as though I was talking to a friend who opened a coffee shop in Lisburn about 10 more years ago. And he said he knew from the outset that someday it would work. But mm-hmm. he just got the timing wrong. He was <laughs> three, it was three years too early or four years yeah. too early. But then five or six years ago, everything just exploded and everybody all of a sudden drinks coffee all the time. Why? What, what happened? How did it come about? I suppose, you, I suppose you could ask that question for any trend, couldn't you? It's like, mm. you know, well, I'm trying to think of comparison right now, but <laughs> like electric scooters now have become popular again. Do you know, like mm. people are wasn't down the road being all trend on their electric scooters, do you know? So what is it that's influenced that? What is it that's brought that into the, the psyche of people and thought oh that could be a cool thing or or so or whatever might be you know um so i just think it just i think if you look at sort of maybe mainland uk america uh, the scene had was developing and had garnered um traction there quite a bit of time before it had here and as is often the case eventually we catch up here in northern ireland and we follow suit so i think the trends have been set elsewhere I think with regard to coffee industry and how it's evolved, you know, and, and coffee culture, I mean, coffee culture has been around for hundreds of years, but if we think of it laterally in kind of the 20th to the 21st century, it's just been natural progression, hasn't it? So it's gone from first wave and think of the American coffee culture, you know, Americans with their percolator sitting on their countertops and, and having their mug of coffee every morning and how that evolved into your coffee shops and your Starbucks and your chains to then your third wave specialty coffee. So it was just it was going to come here. I think it just it just came the, the time at which it came and came into the the fore was really about probably five or six years ago. So um yeah I think it was just kind of a natural progression and it just came at the time that it did maybe. Yeah. I think you can see that, you know, it hit Belfast five or six years ago and now it's starting to you're starting to see more and more of a bit of a spread around the country. Like you were saying, you have your north coast. There's a few now in sort of north down, heading towards south down. And probably, I don't actually know if it's hit the west too much. I don't know very many coffee shops in the west, but it seems to be more of a spread now all of a sudden. So year after year, you seem to be catching up with the rest of Northern Ireland. Very much. So, yeah, so in the west, there's a cool wee spot in Derry. Um, so it, w- it featured on the Causeway map. It was called Cowbog. And it's now been rebranded as Nine Hostages, um, oh, and there's wow. a cool wee, 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an, yeah. I so it's yeah. It's it's a new, it's a new, new people have taken over it, but it's pretty cool. It's like a vegan spot or whatever. So it's all like vegan food and and the coffee's good. Um, and there's a really cool spot in Enniskillen as well. I think that it opened maybe sometime last year, and they do a lot of fresh produce and baked goods and stuff. Um, so definitely, you know, it's as a you know naturally we tend to see that um, that things t- tend to you know they start to develop in Belfast. They gradually work their way out into kind of County Antrim, County Down, and then move kind of west, which is great to see. And I think what we're finding uh, now is that a lot of people maybe who have gained their experience within the coffee industry here in Belfast and in the east of the country are kind of wanting to take that back home to County Fermanagh, County Derry, Tyrone or wherever and set up coffee shops there where there's going to be not there's going to be an appetite that just takes somebody with the ability and the talent to make it happen which is great to see. Yeah. And on that note then being all around the country and seeing them all have you got a favourite? Or is that a really touchy subject? Like, uh, is there one place that you just favorites everyone on the map? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's 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 the answer I normally give. Um, well, I live in Stranmillis, uh, so if I'm, if I if I in terms of the coffee shop, I guess I frequent the most would be Five A, um, in that it's very okay. local to me. So it's like a two minute cycle or a ten minute walk, and I just it's a nice size, and I've just got to know the staff there really well. Who just I mean, they, they really do embody, I think, the sense of a community coffee shop, you know, and they really mm-hmm. get to know the local as well. But I guess that's just because it's situated in a very residential area um, and they do get their, their, their frequenters. So that's as, uh, yeah, that's where I go mo- more often than not. So whatever you make of that. Very okay. diplomatic. Fair. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to try that one well. Yeah. Yeah, we discussed it actually that. in our previous podcast with... Um, yeah, Claire McLaughlin. She said that she's a big Claire. fan of 5A as well. So Very good, yeah. Once, what about you guys? Do you have a, do you have a favourite? Our One closest, the most would be Railway Street, probably. Railway yeah, Street, Newcastle, yeah, yeah. 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 A, a crack, cracking job actually. Um, yeah, only been there a few times, but like very impressed. I'm sure. I guess for from where you guys are, that would probably be the. I mean, they're the guys really probably hitting the the nail on the head when it comes to specialty, aren't they? And keeping the, the yeah. standards high. Yeah. Um, so. There's them. There's a few. There's a few smaller guys. Like, yeah, Finnegan and Finnegan and Sons. Yeah, he's great. Um, but then, whenever I was in Belfast at uni, uh, I pretty much I was about three weeks away from having a bed in the district. <laughs> on Strandless, like I was, I was in there constantly because I did computer science. Yeah. So the building. Oh, you're right across the room. Opposite is yeah. district. So. Yeah, and they do a cracking job as well. Like they. I mean, their customer base is, is huge and they have a lot of, yeah. I mean, it's the thing, I think the beauty about the Belfast coffee scene is that, you know, it's not that it's a whitewash with carbon copies, you know, um, there are yeah. lots of different specialty coffee shops, but they're all very unique and all doing things yeah. actually very differently, which is great because it shows that actually the talent and the, the inspiration and the passion um, has been innate as opposed to somebody just saying, oh, look what they're doing, let's do the same, you know, so I do love that about the coffee scene here it is very individual which i like so like you think a district i mean it's very different to say what 5a is doing down the road and that's why the two of them can coexist within a very mm-hmm. short space of one another within the same um sort of suburb of belfast which is great to see you know yeah i kind of missed all this whenever i was in uni um everywhere <laughs> kind of shut it, like well, <laughs> basically so i would have got the bus in the first year especially i got the bus from kilkeel up to belfast for nine o'clock class so i got the half six bus yeah. 
you didn't need the coffee after that. I needed the coffee, yes. And I would have walked from Bedford Street through to like um, Corn Market, the Starbucks there, got myself a couple of pancakes and a wee vanilla latte. And then I studied over in Titanic Quarter. So I walked over from there then too. Um, and just like, just enjoy it. I put a pancake in my pocket and like two bits of it at a time I <laughs> just dandered over with my postman well, like, hat fair. trolley with, with all of my books in it. That's such a student story. <laughs> what an image, Yeah, it was eh? ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of like the pigeon lady in London except, yeah, the, the wee travelling girl from, from the culty land. Um, yeah. But I totally missed like the whole, no, it was what, 2011? So none of that really had started at that point. And any time we went to go out for coffees then, second year I lived there, any time we went, we were real night owls and everywhere was shot at like eight. Yeah. So we would have gone to the Europa, to the piano bar and had our coffees in there because it was open bar art. <laughs> oh, great. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we just like, like sat listening to lovely grand piano music and then like, give me a wee cappuccino, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hotel <laughs> coffee. I'm kicking your pocket. Next, isn't it? <laughs> the pancakes in my pocket are only in the mornings. At oh, night time, yeah. it's not. It's a cookie. No, we're joking. <laughs> I wish I'd been there, though. I wish I'd been studying at the time where you could just go and grab coffee all the time. So it was more late night coffees or out for like a couple of cocktails. That was really it. Or are we steak yeah. and a Guinness if I was feeling flush? Oh, cragging. <laughs> That's kind of close I mean... to coffee. <laughs> It is, yes, same colour. <laughs> same colour, a bit of a flavour of it too, a little bit. Yeah. The thing about, like, a lot of people would sort of be a little bit maybe condescending of the whole story. You know, those who have, like, tapped into specialty coffee and um, have really become passionate about it and would sort of, you know, turn their nose up at the idea of a Starbucks. But the irony is that m- majority of those in Belfast that, that uh, cut their teeth or learnt their craft um, with regard to coffee, it was three time in Starbucks, you know. So a lot, like, it's funny, like, a lot of the, the, the well-known baristas about town, even some of the owners from the coffee shops have spent quite considerable amount of time working in Starbucks, you know, so they had to learn somewhere. So don't be embarrassed, Amy. It's fine. No, you drink it's your okay. I did only ever like the flavoured ones, though. They're actual coffee. I'm not a fan <laughs> of. <laughs> it had to have the syrups and the good stuff in it before I would actually drink it, which is so curious. I don't know. But there's, yeah, there's a reason there's, what, six of them dotted throughout about half mile radius. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but none of them's on the map. Didn't make cut. Didn't no. make the cut. <laughs> um, so, anyway, obviously the the map is a small business um, for yourself, but as well as that, you're a GP. That's um, right. Have you yeah. been Have you been busy at the moment? Uh, it's been quite funny, actually. Mm. Well, I think the expectation is that we. I think well, the answer would be we've been busy in a different way. So. Um, like a lot of patients aren't, but haven't been accessing their GP with their kind of routine stuff or their chronic stuff because they've been wanting to stay at home um, and wanting to stay safe. Um, and so there has been a, I guess our our days just look very different. So we're basically doing most of our uh, consultations over the phone. So we do very little face to face stuff unless somebody's presenting with a new query possible urgent or red flag symptom that you need to bring them in and assess them for the covid stuff would be seen purely at the covid center that we have in belfast which is up in beach hall in north belfast so um as gps in working in our gp surgeries we're keeping a distance from patients who would be potentially covid um with the risk of obviously seeing those and then bringing that back to the surgery and um, so it's just very, looks very different ryan um 
and the, there's a mix of kind of working in the COVID center, working in the GP surgeries. But yeah, it's been a bit of a strange time, as I'm sure it has for you two, you two guys as well. Like everybody, I suppose everybody's life looks very different, doesn't it, in the last eleven weeks? So, That's oh right. yeah, big time. Are you are you um, in a practice, or are you working locum between a couple of practices, or what way are you at the minute? Uh, so I was a locum up until last October, and then took a partnership over in Hollywood yeah. Arches, East, East Belfast. Um, so wow. yeah that that's been different i guess because we've had to then sort of be part of the process of even figuring out how do we business. make adjustments yeah the business side of things and then even like so for now how are we delivering care and what's the safest way to do that and if there is patient interaction how do we do that safely you know because you don't get a huge amount of direction from from the health board but um yeah it's been a just as for everybody it's been a challenging time but you just gotta drink your coffee and get on with it <laughs> <laughs> and did you have you had any sessions in or any um slots in the actual covid centers i know that usually from each practice there's what two doctors that are opted to go over for set hours, good, Amy, you, you know your info <laughs> <laughs> i'm an ex-receptionist so <laughs> oh very good i'm you're well cleaned in my mom my mom's still a nurse in the in the surgery that i was working in so oh, great, great. <laughs> uh yeah so go uh, i'm there once just once a week one session a week so um every every been? gp um yeah busy at the beginning but as time has gone on i mean thankfully it's actually become a lot quieter than what it had been um but i mean i guess that's a positive sign suggests that thing that numbers are on the downturn which is great um and i think uh, yeah the community rates are obviously a lot less than what they had been so we take that as a positive so i guess probably the role of the covid center will be refigured in the coming weeks or months to, to sort of meet the demand as it, as it is at the minute and are you kind of on edge like foreseeing any sort of second wave of this after all the the super parties that have been out and about it just seems a little bit see, mental yeah well i think there was a i think i heard in the radio this morning that there was a big rave or whatever and when the police broke it up they claimed it was an exercise class oh stop <laughs> to like dance music and they're like oh no we're just exercising <laughs> like it was a ticket, a ticketed race somewhere in Belfast or something. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I think, I think in this, I think Northern Ireland, at the time at which we adopted lockdown and social distancing, we were quite far behind where London was naturally, as we often are in these kind of things. Anyway, uh, we live in a less populated space, um, and it's uh, where there's a, a lot less coming and going and international travel. So we're very lucky in that sense, and we're shielded a bit by that. And I think then when we implemented lockdown, we did it probably at a very good time because where London seemed to have implemented it a bit late, we've actually implemented a time which has meant that we've done, there have been losses here and, and that's obviously very heartbreaking. But I think we, we implemented our changes at a time where it's meant that we've come out of it um, in comparison and uh, much better, you know. So I, yeah, in terms of a second way, it's very hard to know, Amy, like. Just we've got, we've got to be careful, I guess, and just take yeah. precautions as we're advised, you know. I say that, and then I went for a box of donuts earlier. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> priorities. Yeah. With that was the exception to the rule, wasn't it? The uh, what said, are you stay, is, Yeah, he said stay in unless there's donuts on the table. I then get out. Me there. and Boris, he knows what's That's going it. on in here. I'm telling you. <laughs> and the, the it doesn't matter. It's all you to listen to, isn't it? That's yeah, true. <laughs> oh goodness so in terms um, of then your actual like your work in life is that do you think like a reason you got into the coffee scene did you kind of think 
this coffee's going to keep me alive with all this like medical stuff. You know, like your hours be crazy. The studying seems crazy. I lived with a few medics in final year, and it was pretty intense. It was actually awful at times whenever their um their practical exams were coming up, and I was trying to make my dinner, and they were practicing catheters on the kitchen table. So, <laughs> <We're> interesting. <laughs> but <laughs> but they're for their yeah their Oscars, but um yeah yeah. Has the coffee kind uh, of been your lifeline through it at all? Yeah, I suppose I actually didn't really drink when I was in uni. I really wasn't into coffee yeah. that much at all. Yeah, I only really got into it after I qualified. Um, uh, so I think in terms of like what, probably more like the coffee, the, the business and the project of the coffee maps was as much probably a bit of a creative outlet uh, in the midst of doing a job which isn't particularly creative and doesn't allow for much personal expression you know like you can't really be like oh i just i think i'll maybe just add a splash of creativity to how i'm going to treat you know this chest infection or you know this fungal fungal foot infection or whatever it might be you know like it's all very like being a doctor you know like you know there's guidelines and there's an ex- expected way in which you approach the management of certain conditions so i but i think i have this side of me that's a bit more creative and likes a little bit more um, of that kind of flair of personality and the coffee maps have been a really great way to express that and do something that's very far removed from from a day to day um but yeah certainly now definitely uh coffee i mean if i could get an iv some days i definitely would like just to hook me up um it definitely gives me that bit of boost i do find though i'd be quite sensitive probably to the caffeine so i have to in like a negative way so do you have to like which is unfortunate i just have to be careful how much i consume in a day what about you guys are you able to just to force it into you and just keep it doesn't on make immune? a difference to me totally at immune. all yeah yeah you're immune <laughs> yeah completely i have like to drink coffee 11 right 12 right? at night and you got <laughs> some you got of those wires are <laughs> <laughs> no i would drink it like late at night and still not notice a difference in fact sometimes i feel like it puts me to sleep because it's warm and comforting it's not even doing the opposite. You sure that's not decaf in that instant can of yours? Yeah. No. <laughs> There's, that's one rule in this house. There does not be decaf no comes decaf. through the door. Even whenever I was pregnant, no. No decaf. I'll monitor how much I take, thank you, but no. <laughs> not giving into that I've, stuff. I don't think I've ever had a decaf that way, to be honest. I've never, I don't really I've like never the concept ventured. of them, to be honest. No, like I'm they, Most most coffee companies like okay i'm talking like instant obviously but yeah. you know they remove the, the caffeine with chemicals and things and i know like right. i'm sure there's chemicals in a coffee making process somewhere along the line well i'm not but with the decaf you definitely got them in there and i don't like that yeah i think yeah people just there's, there's a certain cohort of people who are just quite funny about the caffeine thing aren't they and just and i guess maybe it is that they are just hypersensitive to it and it makes them feel on edge or whatever it might be but yeah, no, I wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't go out of my way definitely for for the decaf. It's also more expensive as well when you go to coffee shops. So. True, true. Yeah. And like, it's not as though there's no caffeine. In it. I think decaf is no. still fourteen percent caffeine or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so why not just go, just for, go for it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Fourteen, hundred. Yeah. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah exactly. I was never great at maths, but there could be that big a difference. <laughs> it's, it's more similar to tea, I think. Once the caffeine's taken out. Yeah. And what about you? Are you guys more like filter fans? Do you, you like milk with your coffee? What do you What do you tend to go for? Uh, a proper cappuccino. I'll drink 
anything. Yeah, I'm not really the drip coffee person and yeah. <laughs> I need the, no, the frothy milk is the tasty yeah. stuff. Whenever I used to work in a chippy, yeah. Whenever I worked in the chippy, they decided to bring in a coffee machine. Most random thing ever. Nobody ever bought it because you don't go to a chippy looking for a proper coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they trained us up in how to make them, you know, with the proper milk and the temperatures and all. And now, even though I'm not a proper coffee snob, I am a like milk snob and everywhere I go I'm like kids temperature has to be kids temperature and if it's overdone I'm like oh this is rubbish <laughs> <laughs> I'd be ready to burnt my coffee what have you done I don't tell them that obviously like I'm like thanks yeah, very do. much for your service and I'm like I'm never coming back here <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just spiteful like that behind your backs that's it just slam the door and never go back again yeah, exactly. Oh. What about yourself? What's whenever you walk into five A and the barista sees you, what is he? What's he already making for you? He knows your order. What is it? Uh, so if I'm out for coffee, it tends to be uh, flat white. And actually, I ordered a cappuccino. Well, all right, there was a, was your flat white as well, Ryan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. I just yeah, I like I just I just like it's just the right size. It's you know it's the perfect balance of coffee and milk. Uh. But actually, the other day I'd already had a couple, and I thought, "Oh, I want to. I don't want to have too much more caffeine." So I went to order a latte, and they'd already put the flat white through for me. So you got to be, you got to be careful if, uh, if if you've got a regular place that you go to and a regular order, they don't even wait for you to order. They just, yeah. they just fire it on through. Yeah. So I tend, yeah, flat white when I'm out, but filter probably when I'm at home. I like just to experiment a wee bit with that. Okay, and, and what do you, you use? Chemex or Chemex? Yeah, yeah, at the moment, um, and I'm using. Uh, some beans from branch with Ethiopian number. Mm. I've just finished them. Really nice, actually. Yep. Very good. Yeah. No, they're. Yep. I mean, they're great. Like we, we're very lucky actually in Belfast. We've got some incredible roasteries, like just doing really cool stuff and root and branch stuff. Yeah. Well, that's another part of the of the whole thing. That as well as the coffee shops are, and there's so many roasteries. Like I was saying earlier, mm. like White Star has become seemingly a pretty big player all of a sudden uh, they couldn't be going very long you've written branch you've you know belfast coffee roaster there's so many mm-hmm. and it gets yep. uh, there's obviously this 3fe in dublin which is one of the best in the world and mm. uh like so we're pretty bold for choice whenever it comes to what roast coffee we're getting yeah very much so like on each one of them just doing things very differently to the other which is class and using yeah. different techniques and, and, and packaging in a different way so no like as a city like we've got to be really grateful like and, and really proud actually i think that as a country and a capital that we have such a an authentic uh, number of individuals who are involved in the coffee scene and doing things just really really well and doing them at a level where it's it's grabbing international attention you know that's really exciting like definitely yeah definitely for sure it's good. It's so interesting just to talk to different people from different like walks of life. I think you know we're Northern Ireland can be very closed off in some senses, but can be very very yeah. open in other. Like as a as a general population, we're very open to talking about like if somebody asks you a question, somebody asks me something I don't want to answer, I'll still answer them, or I'll avoid them <laughs> so they don't ask me in the first place. Like you know. <laughs> Right, what's the pin number of your debit card? <laughs> Crap! I gotta log off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're spot on. Actually, I mean, which, which almost sounds, yeah, it, it sounds like contradiction because people, yeah, we we say we're very friendly here, but then we're 
really quite conservative and in some ways but i think you're right actually i think there's actually i think it's an appetite actually in northern ireland to be more open and together and more of a community and sharing and telling our story i think you're spot on actually i think i think what's happened is as as more people start to do that through different platforms like podcasts or 10 by 9 down in the cathedral quarter in belfast or whatever it might be people are starting to be like flip this telling story stuff or telling our truth is actually really good you know <laughs> and i might do a bit more of that myself do you know i think i think yeah there's definitely a change in, in culture here which is great to see yeah i think it was always there though whenever you think about it and all your mm. folklore and everything that comes oh from, i like there's obviously there's we're in ireland so there's a lot of irish folklore but you've also got like the ulster scots community and there's a lot of scottish folklore and whenever you bring the two together people don't stop talking really <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so true. <laughs> so like, many stories. Storytelling, yeah. It's part, part of, of us. Yeah, completely. So um, I was actually wanting to ask you, so obviously you have a pretty full-on life, I'm sure, as a GP. And then with the coffee maps as well, like that seems pretty full-on, but there's bound to be something that you love to do in your spare time. And you did mention earlier that you're quite creative. So like, give us a wee bit of insight as to what goes on that you don't see in the face of you. Uh, other stuff like that. So, well, it wouldn't necessarily be <laughs> great. I mean, I'm big into my fitness, so I I go to the gym every day. I'm part of a gym over in East Belfast. Obviously, not at the minute. So, I've been doing uh, Zoom you? classes. I could see. I know. Gosh, shut down, police. <laughs> uh, we've been doing a, a Zoom class. Actually, uh, I thought you said gym. Zumba. So did I. <laughs> I'm and not I was 50, like, like, oh. <laughs> me, me and my mom. Not what I expected. Class every day. <laughs> <laughs> not quite there Amazing. yet anyway <laughs> uh no so our gym classes have gone on to zoom so i've been doing that every day and just trying to keep connected to that fitness community as much just to keep myself sane like and, and keep the mental health in check um i mean other stuff i mean i guess like through the coffee maps i suppose it's given me a really lovely opportunity to build friendships and relationships with people that are from the creative industry so i mean when you go into medicine as you said obviously i mean you've lived with medics before it can very much become your whole world you know so you're you know it's a it's a nine to five degree more or less and then the job is is it isn't particularly uh life friendly so your whole community and setup can very much revolve around the work and um, i always tried to <laughs> i was always recoiled against that a wee bit like i just didn't really want myself to be defined by my job so the coffee maps has given me this lovely opportunity to build and, and relationships and meet people you know that are designers and illustrators and and content creators and artisanals and all that kind of stuff so whereby maybe i i don't have uh like i'm not making pots i declare the weekend or you know painting landscapes you know every evening from a balcony like I have connections with people that maybe do those kind of things and, and almost by osmosis I get a bit of a kick out of that, you know, where I have those relations with people that are that are creative. Um so yeah, I mean I'm a wee bit into music. So like I've done singing in the past and I've done uh my my grades, uh played a bit of piano in the past, a bit of guitar, like so there's wee undertones of creativity, but um I'm not gonna like I'm not be releasing an album anytime soon or anything like that. Cool. I think it's all pretty low key i mean it could run obviously if i wanted you know? yeah <laughs> no, no definitely couldn't but it's just more oh, it's, i'm sure it seems you guys love to hear what kind of things you do but it's just over time you start to figure out the stuff gives you energy don't you like and, and my job definitely can drain you of that so it's important to figure out well what are the things that fill me up again you know what are the things that that top the vessel up and that gives you the 
the ability then to go out and do the other things that maybe are a little bit more uh, asking of you, you know, and it's important to work that out, I suppose. So you're a GP, and then obviously that's really busy. Now you have your small business. How did it, how did it feel, or what did you think it was going to be like to run a small business compared to the reality of what it's actually like to start a business and see it grow? What do you expect, and then what, what was the reality? Um, I think probably what I've realised in life is that I'm, I'm better at being an ideas guy and <laughs> uh, making stuff happen, but then like the reality of maintaining that is, is, is that, for to me, that's the stuff that requires more effort than actually bringing it together in the first instance. So yeah. I suppose I've realised like, there's definitely that challenge of maintaining enthusiasm, keeping momentum going, um, and particularly if you're doing something by yourself for a lot of the time it's it's i suppose lands on one person to, to do to do the bits and pieces and the, the the all the intricacies of a business um you know sometimes you can just you can lose the enthusiasm a wee bit so what i've come to learn is that it's really important to have some sort of team around you be it those that are intrinsically involved in the business or even just like a group of or like a particular person you go to for advice or you know just to give you that wee bit of encouragement or a group of friends that you just share a little bit with about where you're at in terms of your so i'd say what i said anybody probably who's starting a small business or has a small business and um, don't be hard on yourself i think if you feel that enthusiasm waning in a wee bit because i think that's quite normal like we're human beings we're not robots you know and our our passions and our energies wax and wane a wee bit um but also find those people that either give you the energy or at times wherever you're feeling like it's weighing a bit or it's not quite there that you can go to for a bit of advice, you know. But yeah, that's probably what I came to realise that um, I just need that top up every, every so often. Yeah, fair. Fair. Definitely, what about I definitely totally understand that. Yeah. What about the business side of things? How are you dealing with that? Um, because the ideas, like you were saying, come easy. And um, if you had the motivation to do it, what about the actual business side of it? Are you comfortable with that side, or is it that you know with most creatives, that's the side they struggle with? I, I <laughs> if you ask my accountant at the end of a year, he'd probably say I'm not great at it because <laughs> <laughs> it's a mad dash to print out bank statements and find receipts and all the rest. Um, sounds very familiar. Familiar story. <laughs> yeah. Great to see you. It's great discipline, I suppose, isn't it? Because then you're like, you just need to learn to do this better. Um, the business side of things, I get. I, I mean, I love this for me, and it goes for you guys, I'm sure. You love to see the fruit of your labor. So, for me, when I hear the anecdotes of people that have bought a map, um, that have come to visit Belfast or the Causeway Coast, and have used it as a template for their travels, or you know, of a coffee shop who have said that, oh, we had such and such in because you, you know that your map brought them here or people who have said oh i didn't realize there's such a wealth of coffee especially coffee shops or roosters in this in this country like that's the fruit of the labor of the labor i put into it that was my my desire and passion that the quality of her coffee sink could be platformed in some way so i guess yeah that's the stuff that gives me a wee bit of a drive and a bit of a push to maybe continue and develop the business so I'm sure it goes for you guys as well in industries you're involved in when you see somebody really satisfied with the product that you create for them or the job that you do mm -hmm. for them then it inspires you to kind of push yourself that wee bit more I think so that's yeah. probably my current my currency it's not like because for, for me this, this business doesn't really turn over much it just pays for itself so I have to find currency elsewhere so for me it's kind of seeing people just appreciating the coffee scene in Northern Ireland yeah 
for the love, but not the money. Exactly right. <laughs> See? Um, so I, this, this all sort of started off with the trip to Barcelona-ish. So what's the best country outside Northern Ireland for coffee? If you had to go somewhere else and stay there so, solely for the coffee, where would it be? Um, out of the out of places I've travelled to over the last number of years, um, I was actually in Hong Kong last September, and they have a really impressive coffee scene. Um, oh. And I was travelling on my own, um, and so I was visiting coffee shops by myself. Um, and having been in the city for a number of days, I very quickly got to know a few of the baristas, and they were just so super friendly, really helpful, and giving me advice on where I should go next. Um, and was just really impressed with the whole setup um, and there's a lot of barista champions from Hong Kong or at least who have, um, uh, who have taken part in some of the championships around the world and done very well so it was pretty cool and got to taste some really interesting and different coffee so yeah as of late I would say outside of Northern Ireland maybe Hong Kong what about you guys any Berlin? really really, Berlin. Berlin. really yeah. good coffee in Paris <laughs> you what? and it was like the loveliest coffee I think I ever had was in Paris and it was in this tiny, like it wasn't even a cafe, it was like a takeaway um, crepe stand in the side of a building. It was so bizarre and they gave me my coffee in a plastic cup like that you would put an ice cream or like a milkshake in and they gave me a fork to stir it. <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing. It was delicious. It was so I weird. I don't think I would have tried it. I was, just, I, I was like, I was like, what is this? Like a Tropicana sure cup? <laughs> That's what it was. You sure it was coffee? Was it was actually, no, it was definitely coffee, thankfully. But I don't know what else is in it with it. No, I'm joking. Um, I'm really slow drinker of coffee, so everybody kind of winds me up because you know a normal cup would last me hours, and I'll drink it cold, or I'll just keep topping it up. Um, and the girl that I was with, she had her proper coffee, and she had it dinner the same time as I had this it was an espresso I just got an espresso and I added a wee dash of milk and they were like you know I'm being the <laughs> English speaking person being like ole <laughs> you got milk ole <laughs> and they were like uh with an espresso but he gave me it and he stared at me like I was some sort of crazy person and I had it like had this tiny cup drunk at the same time as her, and I like my coffee really strong, so it was perfect. It was like a normal person's full size, but for me being slow and liking it strong, it was perfect. <laughs> it was delicious. It wins hands down. I could never take you back to the same place. Don't know where it was, but it was class. <laughs> Amazing. Fair. <Love> that. Fair. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was in I was in Germany in December, and went to Berlin on sort of like a business trip, and. We ended up staying in an Oscar Wilde hotel. So like oh, the wow. most Irish hotel you could find in yeah. Berlin. We stayed in it about a hundred yards from Checkpoint Charlie. And about three doors down was it is like D Inspression team or something. Don't know how to say it, but it was unbelievable. it's oh. it, no it, the coffee wasn't necessarily better than the coffee in Northern Ireland. There was just a different feel to the whole place. And it was it was nice. It was just nice. It was nice and refreshing to have to try somewhere different. So probably probably there for me because whenever I was like yeah. in America or anywhere, it ended up just like grabbing a quick Starbucks because I had like somewhere to go. So it has to be Germany. Yeah, what I've, are the perks uh, to this? 
coffee map i would love to know like how many free coffees have you got over the time and if you have if you say none i'm cutting this conversation off (laughs) you know like it wasn't my i I mean i didn't do it for it but i definitely thought oh you know because i built up quite a you know i've built up a close relationship with quite a number of the coffee shop owners i thought oh this will be great like I'll be stringing by these coffee shops and they'll be like, oh, hey, Gareth, what can I get you today? And whatever. And like, generally, I think I can probably count on one hand the number of free coffees I got in the last four years. Oh, <laughs> years. Devastating. <laughs> and, and one of those was probably only about three months. I, I'd say probably maybe the first was just this past year. No <laughs> I was in a coffee shop. Uh, yeah, I was in a coffee shop. It's not even on the map because they're a new coffee shop. But I just so happened to know the barista quite well. So, um, yeah, no, I haven't actually haven't got many free coffees out of it. But that's okay. I brought, you know what? It's all about supporting the industry, Amy. And uh, you know what's what's three quid out of my pocket? So, Such a well, let me say it, Ryan. <laughs> that's your tagline. Ni people are tight. Ni people are tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be the same. I'm still yeah, on the lookout no, for a free steak. Somebody's got to get me a free steak dinner at some point. We're we're on it. Does <laughs> <laughs> your husband not count every day at night? Now is that not? Well, that's a that's a very very firm assumption to think that that I'm the spoiled one. It's totally I, true. Yeah, but like you know, <laughs> if I know you, I know Greg. <laughs> Yes, okay, I get a free steak once in a while. There you go, sorry. <laughs> Poor Greg. Oh dear. Um, well, here, I think we are probably coming to the end. Um, yeah. But there is like one massively burning question. Drum roll. So other, other than, you know, doctor work, coffee, your Zumba classes that you love with your mum. <laughs> <laughs> what is your... That lockdown netflix recommendation oh uh that's a tough one i've actually as i have to say over the last four weeks i've consumed a lot of netflix um probably one of my favorites actually from lockdown was unorthodox i don't know if either of you have seen it it Um, and so it's it's very good so it's a a true story about a young girl grew up in williamsburg in uh, brooklyn um, in a Hasidic Jewish community who escapes and runs off to Berlin, actually ran, maybe for the coffee, who knows. Must be, um, yeah. And it fo- yeah, follows over five different episodes. So it's a, it's, a, it's based on a true story. It's a really good drama. And it's very well executed. So I love that. As of today, the fourth season of Queer Eye is out. So I'm super excited <laughs> to watch it. So uh, between probably now and Sunday. I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, 100%. It's incredible. Um, so if you were to ask me this time next week, it'd be Queer Eye, but I, I can't. I can't attest to the fourth season, but I imagine it'll be as good as the others. So, um, yeah, watch the space. Brilliant. That's, good yeah, that's good. Okay. So, after that, uh, left field recommendation. I d- yeah, I'm a little bit in shock here. I was like, <laughs> yeah. expecting some real insight. Like, an orthodox Not gonna lie. Could get. I was, Yeah, I was expecting the last dance. Once he said, Jim guy, I was like, okay. Last answer is. <laughs> no, no, clear eye every time. Oh, class. <laughs> well, on that, we're, uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Gareth, for coming oh, on. Thank you no, so much. It's been great to chat. Thank you, guys. Real pleasure to meet you. Yeah. And, yes, uh, you too. Maybe, maybe when lockdown's over, we'll get you back for an in-person coffee. That'd be great. Yes. Meet you in the flesh. Get that instant on the go. No. <laughs> I'm on it. Whenever she's, whenever she's with me, she's not allowed to drink instant. 
<laughs> Come on, man. Set the bar. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Keep your eyes. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, folks. You stay safe. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.